0: The Pokes Report podcast is sponsored by Stillwater Barber Company located at 609 South Main Street right here in Stillwater. Randall and Joe are serving up the best haircuts in town which includes regular haircuts and skin and razor fades as well as shaves and beard care and trims. The beard care includes a wonderful blend of beard balm, beard oil, and just a little bit of steam to bring it all together. And as always shampoo and conditioners are two for twenty dollars and I can vouch for the shampoo because that's what I've been using for the past several months. It's a wonderful tea tree oil shampoo paraben and sulfate free that leaves your hair and scalp squeaky clean and smelling great and as always you can find blue roaming around the shop so give them a call at 405-269-8590 or you can check them out at stillwaterbarber.co to book an appointment today welcome into the folks report podcast Zach lancaster here alongside brian murphy uh Brian, we got a lot to talk about.
1: The list is long over here.
0: Yeah, we uh we got a lot to talk about. We're going to start off talking some basketball. Nice Bedlam win. Oklahoma State snaps a three-game losing streak, gets back in the win column. That was huge, 72-56 over Oklahoma. They got a tough game coming up on Saturday. I they I think Kansas State uh, has a legitimate chance of winning the Big 12, and I think Iowa State has a legitimate chance a win in the Big 12, and those are two teams that I don't think I would have thought at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Iowa State has a chance of making it pretty damn deep into the NCAA tournament, as does Kansas State. So uh, they got number 12 Iowa State coming to town, who just beat number 7 Texas in Ames, and I think it was by 11 points, I think is what that win was. So this is going to be a tough one, but when you look at what how Oklahoma State played on Tuesday, had the Bedlam game, is Oklahoma the best basketball team in the Big 12? No. Uh, is this the best Oklahoma team we've seen in the last four or five years? No. But when you look at w- how Oklahoma State had played leading up to that and how Oklahoma State flipped the switch at halftime and really turned it on down the stretch, a lot of confidence. Hopefully the fans show up. So we're going to talk some basketball. we got football to talk about. We're going to talk some transfer portal. We're going to talk some coaches. Uh, we're going to talk – there's some early uh, some, spring enrollees. Yeah, that, I want to go over that list yep. Robert put out. Mm-hmm. thought it was really good. Uh, some uh, preferred walk-ons as well. And uh, obviously, we'll talk a little NFL draft.
1: A little former quarterback going to the SEC as well.
0: That's right. We'll yeah. uh, we'll tack we'll talk that. About that. That'll be like a 1B a, a yeah. onto the transfer portal.
1: And then there was a video that came out on Twitter ripping OSU baseball fans' hearts out. Jackson Holiday. some rips. Taken BP in uh in Obrate and what could have been had a guy not been selfish and gone number one overall or whatever he want, number one, number two, number what three, a, whatever he was.
0: What a jerk.
1: Was he number one? Yeah. He was number one. What? I mean, just anyways. No. Uh, uh, well I, I would my, like to would like to get into that did later. Did you see on.
0: my tweet on Tuesday? Matt Holiday sitting court side with an Orioles cap on.
1: With the Ori- oh yeah, yeah! A little orange and black. That yeah, always does. It looks good. Giants hats always look good in, with the orange and black. Orioles hats look even better with the or- orange and black. I'm a Rockies fan, so I don't like the you know Giants, but um, yeah, man. Let's hop into this. I want to ask you first about Bedlam basketball, mm-hmm. the atmosphere, because mm-hmm. I'm just sitting at the house watching on TV. I got the had the thunder on the big screen because they were further in the game; it would be over first. Had the had the basketball on the on the computer, uh, which Shout-out Cox Communications for being so far behind on the TV. The computer, the ESPN app, was like seven seconds ahead of the – they're so bad. Anyways, um, it was coming through really, really well. Obviously, especially second half when the confidence came in and it was just kind of an onslaught. What was it like in the arena?
0: It was good. Uh, There's there's typically a game like that every year. It's either going to be Bedlam or it's going to be Kansas – I was I was really shocked to see that many people, not because Oklahoma State fans don't show up, but when you look at how poorly OSU had been playing, they had it's Tuesday night oh, eight o'clock. They had yeah. really struggled. You know, when you look at the Baylor game, and I and I thought I thought they, they should have won. They should have beat Kansas State. Should have not mm-hmm. could have, but they should have beat Kansas mm-hmm. State. They had a legitimate chance. Uh, and and I'm not I'm not going to dive into it because we've talked about it a lot, and Mike's talked about it a lot, and it's been written about a lot. But, and Tom, Tom Dorado and I, we've talked about a lot on our pregame show. Um, should have beaten Texas, should have beaten Kansas State, and then Baylor, that was bad across the board. Right. That was, a, that was such a weird game. Um, not that John Michael Wright is coming out of his slump, but, but he hit some buckets. Um, Musa came in for a couple of minutes, and that really kind of flipped things. And the crowd, you know, that they were into it from the very end or to the very end with that. Um, First half, second half, totally different. Um, I, I think the fans were involved in the first half, but it wasn't good basketball.
1: The fans were there, and they were a what it felt like was they were a keg waiting to explode. It just mm-hmm. they never got anything. to you know, it's kind of a two way street kind of deal. They never got it. There was no big alley oop. There was no big three pointer. That then, then you get the block. Like man, in the second half, it was just like. Seven or eight things would go right for OSU, like in a row. Yeah, you know, or uh, who was the the OU? I don't have them memorized. Who was the OU player that had 15 in the first half, but none in the second? Sherfield. Sherfield. So yeah. it seemed like every time OSU did do something in the first half, he would come down and make a shot in the second half. And I, you know, and Avery was struggling offensively, mm-hmm. but I texted my buddy Jay and and Hunter and just said, I don't need him offensive. I need him to shut. Sherfield down yeah. you know him and Asbury and Asbury was getting up underneath uh, getting in his skin uh, a little bit in the second half Did you see that where uh there was a foul like backcourt foul and they were chirping the whole time after that and I think Asbury was saying dude I'm not I'm not going anywhere I don't care about that yeah. I got four more dude
0: yeah and I think I think your point is well taken when you think about the first half second half there were a couple of moments in this in the first half that I, I sat next to John Walker the news press and and it like a big bucket, but it would go off the, go off the rim or, you know, it'd be a foul at the bucket and they, they'd miss a free throw or whatever. And as John is just like, dude, they're like one bucket away. If they hit one of those, if they hit one of those corner threes, or they hit something at the top of the key, this place is going to erupt. Um, but I'll give Oklahoma state a lot of credit. And John,
1: and John hasn't seen this place not really
0: yet. erupt. Not yet. No, he um, hasn't seen, he hasn't seen 13,611. No, not yet. Um, He'll get there. Hopefully this year. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully they can continue.
1: I loved your text before the game to me that we said, "Point needs this win." Yeah, it was going to be a great crowd. Uh, as you you were sitting up there watching people file in. Hey, there's a lot of people. I was
0: shocked. They announced uh, ten, a little over ten thousand people.
1: Four thousand students. That's what. That's what. Larry. I'm going with Larry Reese's. Okay, I but anyways, know. I think your I th- attendance for the rec- for the rest of the year kind of depended on this game if did. if if it lose if we lose the attendance and atmosphere probably isn't that great the rest of the year i, I really loved that that uh, that thought and then you come out of the win and you get Iowa state you know this weekend number 18 those are always weird games you need everybody there especially the students
0: yeah when you look at when you look at the second half the second half is what saved attendance uh, if you come out, and, and, and I'll give Oklahoma State credit. They they fought back, and I think they cut it to six going into the break. I think it was 30-24. And then they come out and Woody Newton 10 seconds in. Big three-pointer. That was huge. Now, Oklahoma, uh, they answer on the way back down, another three-pointer. But then Avery with a jumper. John Michael Wright with a big three-pointer. And, and then it was just off to the races. OSU's up by one, I think. Yeah, John Michael Wright. They, they put Oklahoma State up by one. And and then I don't know I don't think OU. I don't know if they took the lead back. I think Oklahoma State had the lead the rest of the game. Yeah, I'm going through it. I think they. I think OU kept the lead the rest. Mm-hmm. But there were a couple of moments in that game, and and I'll give Woody Newton a lot of credit. Yes. Um, we talked to him yesterday. First start. Yeah, we talked to him yesterday. As a first career start, not just at yeah, OU. Right. Uh, we talked to him yesterday in the availability, so it would have been Thursday evening. And he said that was huge. He found out a few hours before the game, and the confidence, like, "Hey, I've finally kind of made it." And then Mike, afterwards, was, you know, it is very, very hard to play at this level. No matter who you are, true. it is hard to play at this level. And there are there are very few players that can come in and be good immediately as true freshmen. You know, you look at Grady Dick; he's incredible. Uh, you look at Cade Cunningham. That you don't sure. even need to say anything. Marcus Smart was really good as a freshman, but those are few and far between. When you look at everybody else, Mike said it. You know, it's very hard to play at this level. And when you play at such a high level growing up, and you're so good, you just think it's automatically going to translate. And it's really hard to take advice. Like, hey, listen, I see what you're doing. All mm-hmm. right, you're you're stuttering here, or you're not quite doing what you need to here. Let me help you. And he said, "Woody is now at the he's now at the point in his career where he is listening to people and allowing them to tell him what he's doing wrong, and he's applying it to his game." Is am I sitting here saying that Woody's going to go out there tomorrow uh, against Iowa State Saturday and drop twenty points? Probably not. He probably won't do that. But I think Woody's going to play a lot more confident from here on out, yeah. and I think the games are going to be better than they are worse. So that's that's huge. Caleb uh, Boone. Night and day. I'm, when you you know you talk about there's a there's bad Caleb Boone in the first half and there's good Caleb Boone in the second half. Yeah. When you look at the box, there was sport, not.
1: I don't know about bad. I mean, I bet he was still. Well, a, he was probably still a plus in the I'm first saying. half. But yeah, while you look it up, I bet he he was more. Of, he was ten plus ten in the first. Yeah. See, and that's oh, no, sorry. Hold on. I was gonna say There's uh, the
0: complete stats. Those are minutes. I want the whole thing. I don't want. Do they just give plus minus for the but whole Caleb
1: game? Caleb was more he was just kind of non-existent like in the first half he wasn't necessarily bad he wasn't fa- he wouldn't foul trouble Caleb I know that um but he was he was just kind of non-existent while the rest of the game was sort of going on back to woody he's six foot eight six mm-hmm. nine mm-hmm. and he can shoot you know he was brought in as a shooter a three-point shooter so a confident three-point shooter at six foot eight those are game changers. Yeah. You know, so those, those are get you back inners.
0: They don't do plus minus first, second half. It's just the whole game. So he was plus 30 the whole game. <laughs> but if but if you look across the board, like there was no one good. And if, he was plus 30 and half. we won by, uh, what is that math? 72 56. So 16? Yeah, whatever. So he
1: was I'm plus, a, I'm a he journalist. Was, he was plus
0: 14 on the rest <laughs> of the team. Uh, so, But when you look at the first half, there was somebody out there listening going, <laughs> What took y'all so long? Yeah. Right. He was right. the only he was the only good thing about the first half only because he had 6 he was 3 of 5 from the field, 6 points, 3 boards. Uh he had 3 blocks. He was he was good in the first half, but he yeah. wasn't quite there yet. And that was something that we asked the players yesterday. We had Asbury and we had Newton and then we asked Mike and it was is there anyone else on this roster or anyone that you know of that feeds off of energy? better than Caleb Boone, and they said absolutely not. There is yep. no one that does it, and, and the second half is totally different. You look at the second half box, um, you know, he had nine points, four of six. He had two blocks. He had four rebounds. He had a couple of big moments in that game where he's, you know, he's constantly playing to the crowd, but you look at Bryce Thompson and you look at Avery Anderson. Those two guys lit it up in the second half. Bryce Thompson, five of seven. He was three of three from three. He had four boards. And every an one of them were tough shots. Oh, it was incredible. And he was so good. And he yeah. played 19 minutes. He played 19 of the 20 minutes. Wow. Yeah, oh, that's a- great. and Avery played 18. And I'm with you. Avery can get to the bucket at will. Avery is a decent shooter. He's not the best shooter on this team, but he's a good shooter. I need Avery on the defensive end. Like, you can – obviously, those the, the 10 points he had in the second half were huge because there were some pretty big buckets – you can find a way to get 10 points mm-hmm. without Avery scoring. You need him to shut down Sherfield. You need him to generate offense. And I think that not I mean, I don't want to sit here and say that I don't want him to score 10 points, but his defense is a hell of a lot more important than his offense. And I think
1: if he's attacking the rim, he gets to if he attacks the rim more, with the ball in his hands he's getting to the line at least six more times there's six no know, question 5 6 points well and avery's confidence he's good free throw shooter.
0: Avery, avery's confidence makes him be a better player across the board and when avery is on everyone else is on as well and, and mm-hmm. there's a, there is an absolute direct correlation to that that when avery is confident and he's moving the ball well and he's playing well that everyone else feeds off that energy yeah. so you need that moving forward especially when you get Iowa state coming in cuz they're they're good yeah, good. It,
1: like you said just came off beating uh, Texas in, in at home in Ames 78 uh, 67 it's an 11 point win by the way just quick math I got that one. um all right and uh so you know they're coming in 71, 71 points a game uh, shooting 36 percent from three so you've there there's no um, there's no well just make them make them shoot from long range you know uh, or they don't have an inside presence. No, they're good. I mean, you know, they're led by uh, Jared Holmes, Caleb Grill. Um, Kalsher. Kalsher, yep. He's good. Yeah, and what, he can shoot what from do
0: you, deep. What do you notice going through that article, when you mm-hmm. look at the three to four players that I'm I mentioned? I'm offended
1: you would think I would read that from somewhere, but go on. What do you
0: What do you notice that I, what I wrote on in front of each of those players' names? Senior guard, senior guard, senior guard. Mm-hmm. Those are the three yep. those are the three leaders on that team. Mm-hmm. And they're all seniors. They're incredible. Uh and something else I noticed, when you look at Iowa State stats, um, four point four rebounds a game is what leads the team in rebounds. Four. Yeah. You know what that tells me? They don't miss a lot of shots. And they play pretty good defense.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I think uh because what's what's the word on C say? What do you What do you hear and what do you think?
0: I think he'll play some. I don't. Is think it an ankle? Yeah, high ankle sprain.
1: Oh, he's got the high. Yeah, yeah. Those, but those are bothered. He did get burnt to the basket by a dude who shouldn't have burned him to the basket. Yeah, against OU, played, so. played
0: two minutes. Yeah. Um, I like what Mike had to say after the game, and it wasn't just coach speak. I, I don't know if you listened to it. I like what Mike had to say after the game, and he was like, you know, when you look at Musa, it's not just points. You know, Musa could have no points in a game, and he is going to directly impact, no doubt, because when when he's in the paint, when he's down low, the seven four, seven five, seven six, whatever wingspan it is that he mm-hmm. has, is not only going to alter shots, but it's going to make people think twice about whether they're going to drive, whether they're going to pull up, whether they're going to dish it out. Uh, if he, well, that takes a,
1: up over half the lane,
0: absolutely, and he's he is a constant pick and roll threat so when he sets a screen at the top you guys have to crash the boards and so he's in he's an incredible presence on the court when he's not scoring now mike yesterday on on thursday was like i don't know if he's going to play 20 25 minutes but i was talking yesterday uh with tom if you can or no not tom i was talking with john if you can just get 10 to 15 minutes out of musa and it doesn't even have to be straight. Like put him in two, three minutes. Pull him out two, three minutes. Play him two or three minutes. Pull him out. You know, let him let him take a little bit of a breather. It, because when you think about just how good he is, and that's that's if you're able to also get continued good play out of Caleb. If you if this is the Caleb that continues to show up, that can get you ten and eight or fourteen and ten. Hell, even eight and five. Like if you can just get solid, confident play out of Caleb, and you can supplement that with Musa, who's not a hundred percent, and then you're getting good, confident play out of out of Woody. You know, and mm-hmm. and Tyreek struggled a little bit, but if you can get some good play out of your out of your bigger guys, your big men, and then your bigger players, you can run that four guard lineup with yeah. Woody at the four and Caleb at the five, and then. Bring Musa in for a few minutes, spell him a little bit, but I I think he'll personally I'll think he'll play. But I think I think that's about what I said is probably I don't know if you're gonna see him play twenty minutes. I, I think you don't wanna risk a high ankle and I don't know exactly where he is, but I could see him I could see him play ten to fifteen max. Yeah. But even Mike said yesterday that when he came in, I think he generated four points. Or, oh, like, he deflected a shot or, you know, I mean, the rebound led to a bucket. And he – so, I mean, he he made an immediate impact.
1: Well, in the year, he has 38 blocks. Caleb has 26 and Tyreek has 17. Mm-hmm. So, you're getting, you're getting that same type of defensive present from your backups. Or Caleb's not a backup, but uh, from the backup shot blockers. The second squad. <laughs> That's right. The second string. Yeah, and I, and I thought – Tyreek was serviceable the other night. I mean, there was a couple shots where you went, just kind of, you know, tilted your head and went, "What was that one?" Like, yeah. I'm pretty sure you weren't even looking at the goal whenever you released the ball. Not whenever you jumped when you released it. I don't even think you were looking at the goal. But whatever, you're in there for defense and big dunks. Well, and the, and That's the good what and the good
0: thing probably. is they didn't need because I think he only played 17 minutes. He didn't play a lot at all. Right. Um. You good didn't. Good you good didn't good need that. Needed. You You got good play out of Woody. You got really good play out of Caleb. Now, it, when you look at games you know, like this, is the first time that Woody's ever really shown through. He he's had some moments this year where he's hit a couple of buckets and and scored you know five six seven points, but this is the first time he's really shown through the stat sheet. And if you can continue to get that, which certainly takes the pressure off of Tyreek, but if you can if you can supplement you can supplement Woody with a decent Tyreek performance without Musa. Then that that's gonna make not having Musa a little bit easier. Yep. Now, obviously, I don't care who the coach is. You would you would rather have Musa than and that and what's crazy to think about is it it so far it's really taken at least two guys, two and a half, three guys to make up for what you are missing with Musa. Yeah, seven it's, and a half
1: points, nine rebounds, and what is that? It's over two assists.
0: Yeah, it's taken it's taken all of Caleb. Which you, I mean, you need blocks, Caleb. Any, no, you are good. It takes Caleb anyway. But it's taken every bit of Caleb, and it's taken it took every bit of Woody, and it took some of Tyreek the other night to make up for what you lost yep. from from Musa. So, no question about his impact. And you're gonna you're gonna need something on Saturday. It's a it's a big yeah. game.
1: No, I agree. And and you can't with Musa. You're not giving up easy layups. Correct. Even if they make layups, if they make points in the paint, they're not easy. And and that's what I think you have to frustrate Iowa State with. And then hopefully on those blocks. The fans are there. The students are there. Uh, it's a one o'clock. So hey, you may have to end. You know, Murphy's a little early. Get home. We got a big game tomorrow, kids.
0: I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't think there's going to be ten. Uh, you know, ten point two like there was. But I could certainly see there being seven, eight thousand, and and I think that's very doable. I don't think you need. Well, Oklahoma State always needs ten thousand plus. If there were, yeah. a, I, I was talking to I was talking to John about this on Thursday. If there were 10,000-plus at that Texas game, and I get that the students weren't there, but if you had 10,000-plus, you win that ball game. And and Mike addressed it on on uh, Tuesday after the game, and he was like, I get it. You know, we haven't played all that well, so it, it is tough to, you know, you look at Louisville and their KFC Yum Center or whatever it is, it is massive. Yeah. It is huge. And I don't remember what the game was, but I got a friend that still covers Louisville for uh for SI, uh Fan Nation whatever by SI, and he had retweeted a photo that someone had taken, and that place was like a quarter of the way in, a quarter of the way full. I mean, there was hardly anybody there at all. Yeah. And Louisville, they typically pa- they packed yeah that place they are out. what are they two and eighteen They're this year awful. Yeah. So people aren't showing up. I'm not saying that Oklahoma State is awful, but they had really struggled. To start Big Twelve play and 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 it's it with the way the prices of eggs are, it's tough to say. You know what? I can I can buy tickets. It's you almost
1: know? cheaper to go to to Waffle House and get scrambled eggs to go <laughs> than it is to go to the store. <laughs> to show
0: up at the restaurant. Yeah, well, yeah. Can I get you? Could I get? Uh, uh, can I get four eggs, please? Just need. Okay, how, how would you like that? Uh, I've got a cooler pack right here. I don't <laughs> need them cooked. I, I'm going home. I gotta bake a cake.
1: Um, you Waffle House. IHOP. What's your breakfast spot? I know this is random, but you brought up eggs. Now I'm hungry. Snooze. Snooze. Oh, it's great. Oh, so I'm a good. Snoozer. Um, so good. But
0: if I had to, like, we don't we don't eat out breakfast a lot. At least here in Stillwater, right? We'll we'll grab a biscuit or something from somewhere. or uh, but we we make breakfast. Yeah, we, we'll make our breakfast. But we're we're a snooze family.
1: Well, you're gonna have to do the Laredo Taco. I've told you about that I Laredo Taco company. I can't wait. Go get you. A, go get you a um, chorizo and egg. Add some beans on it and one strip of bacon gives you a little smoky. Good I'm just stuff. I'm
0: just waiting. Every day it it seems like it's one percent closer to opening up, and I I'm ready. Yeah. I'm and I'm probably gonna have to call it in because I'm not a, I'm not a stand in line kind of guy. I'm not a weight kind of a guy. Good luck to and you. And anything that opens. So I'll have to just I'll call in an order. That'll work. I wonder if a gas station taco shop does call-ins. We'll find out. They when will
1: we. whenever you call in.
0: Let me tell you.
1: All right, so let's go to football. We got the transfers and the spring enrollees. So
0: yeah, what do you want to do first?
1: Well, the, the transfers have, have – does Pokes Report send somebody to sit in every class to make sure that Alan Bowman is in class – you guys, are y'all? I don't think are Alan's, in the Bushes. I don't
0: think Allen's here this week. I think he's here next week. I think he, I think Allen shows up next week. Yeah. No, but, I just mean like everything. You is, know,
1: because all the you have to be enrolled. You got to show up for class. Fun like, fact: stupid, I how the am portal is.
0: the professor. Excellent for every one of the football players' classes. <laughs> this
1: is uh, OSU 101 for transfers.
0: Yeah, this is the <laughs> only time I had a chance to to break off to record a podcast. I've been so busy this week. School starts Tuesday.
1: No. Uh, the NCAA has to change this, where because think about just what OSU went through with Sean Gleason. No, Gleason, <laughs> the running back.
0: Oh, 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 uh, Tyler. Tyler, Sean, Sean Tyler. Tyler, Western Michigan. I was thinking
1: Taylor, it wasn't it? Tyler, Sean Tyler. You have allocated. You've paid somebody to to find the guy. Sure. You've paid somebody to call the guy, recruit the guy. Show him around campus. You've had him on site, yeah. I'll, you
0: official visit, so you are paying to bring him in. Yes,
1: and then that he he commits to, well, on your official visit, which you know I get the whole official. Hey, we do this with a hundred high school kids a year, two hundred, whatever it is. I get that, but at a certain point, you are now not looking at running backs because this guy has committed to you for a and, month for and and it's not like the high school. To me, it's totally different from the high school because you've got about a month to. Find them, analyze them, get them on campus or do however you want to offer, and then get them to class. Yeah. And yet, it's still not official until the day they, like, show or enroll, whatever that drop really day, take they classes, yeah. Attend classes. So, could a guy, let's just take, let's take Alan Bowman. So, Alan Bowman's not here yet. Not that I'm aware okay, of. Okay, no, right. Let's just play like he's yeah. not. It's still, OSU sure. thinks he's going to be in the room, maybe the starter. They still don't know.
0: Well, I'll, I mean, a good example is, and I, this is this will be our quick little a quick little hitter here. Spencer commits to Ole Miss yesterday. Yeah, it was announced by ESPN. Chris Lowe, Spencer's going to Ole Miss. Spencer's enrolled in seven hours at Oklahoma State because he has to take seven hours. That whether he didn't have it or whatever,
1: and most likely online. I'm sure. I'm sure i, I doubt the, he's walking campus. And no,
0: no, he may not even be in Stillwater. But he's yeah. taken seven hours at Oklahoma State this semester. He's not; He won't technically be at Ole Miss until June. Well, let's just say hypothetically Ole Miss didn't already have two quarterbacks that could start. And they've got a young kid like Oklahoma State. They've got a true freshman that they think is going to be good, that could be really good, but doesn't have any experience, and they need an experienced quarterback. Well, the transfer portal opens back up, I think, in May. Let's say Spencer commits... To Ole Miss, like he did, mm-hmm. January nineteenth, or what? That's when it's announced. He's taking classes here, and so he's not in. He's not at Ole Miss. May transfer portal opens up, and Spencer gets a better offer to wherever. And Ole Miss only has a redshirt freshman quarterback, right? Yeah, Ole there Miss, there maybe. has to
1: be a signing yeah. a, a method of. Signing a kid, uh, well, hell, you, a transfer. You
0: start the transfer portal in what December fifth or whatever it was. Signing day is two weeks later. Yeah, yeah. There's a the high school. The signing period, but that's what I'm saying though. You got a signing period the mm-hmm. third week of December. Why just have the because be- like you look at basketball signing period. Basketball signing period is like three or four months long. Same with. Tennis and soccer, because you could look up the NCAA signing windows and they're they're long. Mm-hmm. Well, football, why if a if a kid like and technically they signed. They I think the day after signing day they did a transfer portal signing announcement, which aren't technically official. But why why is it not? They signed, they wanted to be there. Now most of those kids were like not most of them, but there were there were several transfers that became official. Because they were in Arizona. Yes. They were practicing.
1: Justin Wright. Yeah. Good low. Uh, yeah.
0: Dijon Stribling. Like there were yeah. there were a lot that, that showed up there and they actually practiced. So they were technically official. But the NCAA, like, if you transfer and I sign with that school, I don't care if you sign a financial aid agreement or not, until I show up on campus, I think that's asinine.
1: It is. So No, it's it's ridiculous. Gotta so, fix it. So that's um,
0: there's your Spencer bit.
1: There it is. Um so he can't if he's enrolled. Mm-hmm. at OSU mm-hmm. taking 7 hours at OSU he can't be in spring football down there right
0: Mm-mm. no he's not he won't be there till the summer at least that's what we've been told
1: right that's that takes a lot of I don't like that like for him I don't like that fit I mean I don't know where else he would you can, I don't know where else you would go that he could be in the spring. I mean, mm-hmm. heck, the NCAA is not enforcing anything else. Maybe they'll let him. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll let him play down there. Sure. Who knows? Not enforcing except you know, uh, Lamont Bishop's uh, denied eligibility. Yeah. I would mathematically makes no sense. I
0: would imagine Ole Miss, just like OSU does. I would imagine Ole Miss has a workout plan, and I would imagine Ole Miss has the playbook. Oh, I've no and, doubt, and I'm sure Spencer's going over it. Whatever, but yeah, yeah it's. And and here's the thing that could be something that they adjust. And I'm with Robert. I think you need to have the July signing period for kids that want to do it. Kids, uh, could you look at Oklahoma State? Yeah, they, you may
1: get six. Yeah, they okay. just
0: they just committed Josh Ford. 2024 mm-hmm. is the right. first commitment out of Stillwater, tight end. I would. I know his dad played at Baylor, uh, but he lives in Stillwater. He goes to Stillwater. Uh, he plays with coaches' sons. I'm not saying that no one else is going to recruit him because he's he's a, a very fine-looking high school football player, and he's going to get better, he's going to get bigger, he's going to get better, faster, whatever. I think I would find it kind of hard to think that he's going to flip his commitment anywhere else. Not because no one else is going to recruit him, but he seems like a logical fit. You have a July signing period, let him sign if he wants to. Okay, Oklahoma State, land, they land a lot in the spring because that's that was, I think... For Oklahoma State in the twenty three class, that's what kind of played into the frustrations. Is Oklahoma State basically had its class completed by September. Now there weren't a ton of spaces, and that's why they had to go so heavy into the transfer portal. That's why they brought in other high school kids, and they're probably going to bring in a few more high school kids because you got to fill spots. But OSU had its commitments signed—not signed, but they—they were—they were all committed by September. I, I think they. I don't, I, don't, I don't know if they had too many commitments after. Like, they knew who they were going to bring in by September. So if you have six of those kids that commit by July, let them sign. It doesn't have to be the only signing period. You could have a December signing period. Or if you want to get – I know the NCAA, there's, there's some coaches in college football that want to get rid of December signing period, like the big schools. Right. Well, that allows them a couple extra months to go in and flip a kid that has been worked on by mm-hmm. a school like Oklahoma State. We'll just have the February signing period. But get a July signing period. And as soon as a transfer commits and they want to sign, it should be official. Because I think, just like there was this past year, the transfer portal window, that was something that the NCAA implemented back in May of 22. There's going to be something changed. The NCAA is going to change something this May. Why not let it be that?
1: And it would have to take obviously take place probably in the 24th. Four most year? likely up yeah, next I, I doubt that they'd be like hey by the way in a
0: month guys right there's <laughs> a signing period <laughs> have at it. well I, and I but you could you could certainly make it to where uh, like the the well mine does that too it's so frustrating Shut up, Siri. when you look at um, if it happens in may you could you could implement because the transfer portal window is technically back open in may you could you could implement it then not a tra- not a signing window but if you're a transfer and you want to sign you don't have to show up and take summer classes or cuz that's another thing if these kids aren't sure they could show up in summer, but if they don't enroll in classes is just them showing up and going through workouts enough should be because it's just like it is out there in Arizona. I'm assuming. Yeah, but you can make it to where if you, if a transfer signs or commits, they can sign right then they don't have to get enrolled and actually show up to classes.
1: All right. So Alan Bowman, (laughs) Alan Bowman and Zane floors, uh, walk into the quarterback room and say, Mm -hmm. hello, fellas.
0: um, Rangel, upset about this? All right with this? What do you think? I would think he's okay with it, uh, because if it's not Alan Bowman, it's Spencer Sanders. Yeah, and but uh, and that's not me sitting here saying that Spencer they would have let him come back. Uh, it's another, but Spencer Senior Super Senior had yeah. he not transferred, yeah, yeah. it would have been Spencer. Mm-hmm. And Flores is obviously okay with it. Uh, you know, he's said he's several. Said uh-huh. Yeah, he said several times, and I don't think again. It's just there are a few sports. In college, that high school directly translates. You can be a true freshman baseball player and absolutely rake. You could be one of the best pitchers in college baseball.
1: I well, gotta bring up Jackson Holiday again, hitting
0: bombs. Technically, he's not Elbe. a true freshman.
1: Nah, he would have been,
0: would have been. Ah, <laughs> oh, he was crushed. He's a rookie. Uh, but and and basketball, yeah. uh, basketball, men's and women's. Um, there there are a few sport golf. There are a few sports that tr- directly translates to to being young. A true freshman college quarterback, it is it is few and far between. It it's not going to happen too often, right? Caleb Williams is a good example of that. He wasn't incredible as a true freshman. He was he was pretty good, right? I think we can all agree yeah. on that. Yeah. So, but it doesn't it doesn't happen often. So I don't think Floors is he. I don't. He doesn't expect to play day one and you know he he knows that he needs to learn he needs to develop and get bigger and stronger and faster and more cerebral but he is he is very smart and he is he has really good football knowledge and obviously great football skill but if you're Garrett I I I would think it's expected because if it's not Alan Bowman it's going to be Spencer Sanders you know if it if Spencer does leave and they don't get Bowman it's going to be someone else you know Garrett is still learning he's still figuring it out now there were flashes this past year where Garrett was was pretty spot on. I mean, he had the turnovers at KU, but two of them weren't his fault, and he still threw for three hundred yards. He did enough to win that game, so I, I think if you're Garrett, you're probably. Man, I would have liked to I would have liked that shot to. And here's the thing, Garrett Rangel very possibly, very very well could beat out Alan Bowman. I'm not. I I think Alan Bowman will be the starter, but we know that his health issues have have been an issue in the past. And I'm not gonna sit here and say that he's the end all be all Heisman trophy candidate quarterback that's gonna win fourteen games for Oklahoma State. You know, I'm I'm sitting here saying that Alan Bowman is a hell of a stopgap quarterback. Mm-hmm. He's got size, he's got experience, he's got leadership when he was healthy, he was good. And it's I it is tough to play. When you go to Michigan, there's some pretty good quarterbacks in Michigan. So I'm not I'm not sitting here saying that the two years he didn't play was because he wasn't good. I'm sitting here saying that he played behind Heisman candidate quarterbacks, and yeah. McCarthy is going to be a Heisman candidate quarterback. Yeah, so
1: he's he's good. Um, the the more I've watched Bowman, the more the more I think he's going to be the starter. I would be shocked, honestly, if sure. if uh, Rangel or
0: but that's Flores a hell, beat him out. I, I I'm with you. I'd be shocked, but I'm ecstatic. Yeah, because you're getting the development growth that you need from those young guys. You
1: are, and and not to not to kick. Um, Gundy off to the side um, that he couldn't have a shot at this, Fair. but uh, and that Bowman has already been in the role of his own words of being a coach in the room to younger quarterbacks. That's invaluable.
0: You know, I, I think I'm with you. I think he's a starter. I think he'll play well if you keep him healthy. First and foremost, you got to that goes back to offensive line. I don't know if there's a better. I, I don't know if there's anything better than his leadership abilities mm-hmm. like he's going to play well. There's no question on on the field is going to be good.
1: Well, even if he's the starter, he's going to do it right and develop the kids under him. You know, he's going to do that.
0: I don't know if there's a bigger benefit right than, than bringing his leadership in. I mean, when you think about all of the years he's played, when you think about being up in Michigan
1: and the different types of systems he's oh, been in, as yeah. he talked about like
0: Cliff Kingsbury, I think we can all agree is not a great football coach. But he's a great football mind. He's a hell of an offensive mind. He
1: can get a receiver open, no doubt. No question.
0: And so you play you play for him. You play for Harbaugh. You look at Michigan and how good they are. You spent two years there. You've got two young kids that are pretty similar style of athlete to Alan Bowman. Now, mm-hmm. Flores is probably the more mobile of the two. He was relatively mobile in high school. He could get away. But he's not going to be a run-first type of guy. You're not going right. to be running RPOs with for him. Thank you. The Lord. Yeah. All right. but, that's, but they're there's similar style. So you've got a kid here that knows what he's doing. He's played it for five or six years. He's got a good arm. He's got a good knowledge of the game, how to play at this level. And you've got two kids that are just like him. I'm going to teach you. I'm going to learn you. I'm going to mold you. We're going to figure this out together. It'll be okay. I, I think the quarterback room's in good hands. Now, does that mean Alan Bowman's going to throw for 5,000 yards? Probably not but i no, I, I think
1: gundy gundy's going to force feed the 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 run game and you have to My, Mike, going here's
0: to. the thing oklahoma state struggled at running the ball recently. they're going well they're changing
1: everything it's almost i feel like you throw last year's run to. game
0: out you have to and, mike wants his entire career as good as his quarterbacks and receivers have been yeah. mike loves to run the football yeah. it just so happens that they haven't had a good running back all the time
1: the perfect game to gundy and he said it is 50-50 running Running yeah, and passing. thirty-five you, runs, thirty-five passes. Absolutely, I, th- happy. I
0: think Elijah Collins is a is a great compliment to to uh, Ollie Gordon. Yes, and then you still have uh, you still have Jaden Nixon, who is who I think he showed glimpses this year that he gotten that he had gotten better. He's not going to be the number one back, but he's still good. So you've got talent in that room. Is is there going to be a Jalen Warren where not necessarily in terms of physicality or style, but in the terms of 11, 12, 1300 yards, 10 plus touchdowns. I think it's yet to be seen. I, I think Ollie Gordon could be really good, but he's got to prove it. You know, yeah. he's he's got to come a long way, and then obviously goes back to offensive line. But Mike would love to run the football and do it well. You yeah. just, if you think about it, I mean, you had Chuba, and then you struggled without Chuba because you had to figure out who the hell was going to run the ball. And then you get Jalen Warren, who no one wanted. He just showed up one day, and well, I think. I think you need a Jalen Warren every year. and well, no doubt. And you would have no 12, 13, 1400 yards if you could do it. And
1: I think an you know, Elijah Collins has the ability. I mean, he, he has been a thousand yard back before. Um, I think he could come into this system. I would love to see him. Him at the eight hundred yard, uh, Gordon at the eight hundred yard, uh, Jaden at the four five hundred yard. Four, yeah. you know, with but I'd love to see Jaden and Ollie catching the ball out of the backfield. I mean, really working that part of and it, and not Ollie in the forty so...
0: degree rain.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, Ollie was so good in seven yes. on seven that, um, I mean, he he reminded me all, athletically of of some greats that have been here. Just watching, <laughs> what is that?
0: Oh, and That's my uh, brother, hey
1: man, and um, that I think adding that part of the offense would be a bit would be a big help, and and opens up the run game too. So you get the receipt Speaking of throwing it, you get the three receivers: dribbling yeah. Leon Johnson from uh, so George Fox, Fox University. So
0: Tuesday night, I I I'm, I always show up late to basketball games because I've got my pregame show. Thirty minutes. It, it's an hour. And a half before, so that means I'm wrapping up 30 minutes before. Takes me five minutes to get to the stadium, whatever. But I got to walk into the arena. And it's about a five-minute walk. And then I got to go to the workroom, and I got to put my bag down and get all my stuff out and get something to drink. And as I'm coming out, it's maybe maybe 47, 48, closing in on uh, on, uh, 750. And there's Brennan Presley. And I don't know who he was with, uh, but she was a, a staff member. And Leon John. Leon Johnson. Let me tell you. That kid looks good. Yeah. Now, is it gonna translate? I don't know. But the he's he's ever bit of the six five. Yeah. And he's incredibly uh, that was my phone by the way. Um very nice, very cordial. And when you look at when you look at his tape. He's the one I'm most excited about. I mean, Deshaun's dribbling because I think Deshaun will make a – he'll be day one. But when you look at the upside that Leon has, you got to translate from D3 to D1. But when you look at the talent that he has, when you look at the skill set that he has, yeah. he looks good in an elevator. I'm ready to see him look good on the field because I think he has the potential. Will it translate? I don't know, but he's got the potential is there.
1: Can you imagine imagine living in – The dorms on campus for three years. Sure. No, no, that'd be no, 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 no. Let's go to the dorms at UCO. You're at a dorm at UCO. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, um, you've lived there for four years, and you go, "Man, I want to, I want to, I want to change places. Mm -hmm. I want to go somewhere else." You're looking around, and Stillwater, Oklahoma brings you in. and They say. You could live at Mike Gundy's house. Mm-hmm. That's about the difference in the facilities <laughs> from George so. Fox to so. Boone Pickens Stadium. I would think so. When
0: you think about
1: the George Fox facilities, have to be basically the outdoor fields at the Sherman Smith Center versus being inside, being outside. Being, you know, I don't, I don't know what George
0: Fox attendance is, but it's um. So looking at the looking at the photos of the football stadium, it is it is a nice looking high school stadium. You've got the track around it and the, maybe a few thousand people. Probably it doesn't fill up rowdy. It might fill up, but it's not certainly not rowdy. Yeah. It's certainly so not that,
1: like that's gonna be that's gonna be crazy. And I always think about that, you know, for for other guys, I mean, Ian Edenfield's going to be the same way coming from Uniontown, Pennsylvania to to this. Um, I mean, Justin Wright just from Tulsa, yeah, to here. Yeah, um, when you blow some running back up, trying to run around the end, and then you hear fifty five, sixty thousand, mm-hmm. you know, go nuts for it. Well, same with uh, same with
0: Texas State, mm-hmm. same with Dalton yeah. Cooper. You get you get Utah him, Utah and- Tech. Yeah, that you know what, Justin Kirkland. I he, the two
1: Justins I think are my favorite out of this Justin Wright, Justin Kirkland.
0: When you think about when you think about the longevity of the transfers, when you think about how much eligibility these guys have left, when you think about the age of each kid, Justin Kirkland, twenty one, he is a defensive tackle, and he is a sophomore. Mm-hmm. Justin Kirkland. Might very well be able to lift my car <laughs> off the ground. His pictures look like it. And when you watch his tape, he looks really good. He's obviously incredibly physical, and you get him for three to four years. And no, no, Noah McKinney. Noah McKinney as well. Yeah. Th- and he's that is a redshirt freshman. When you go through the list of yeah. the comparisons Robert did, the ins and outs piece on Pokes Report, mm-hmm. I'll get it pulled um, up. I'm trying to, it, I think he had to compare. Noah McKinney to a linebacker. I think it was Nadrian Dissadere is, is who it is. And his his example was like, it's hard to compare a linebacker to an offensive lineman or vice versa. But when you look at the upside of bringing in a redshirt freshman offensive lineman and you're losing a linebacker that most likely wasn't going to play. Oh, right. It's, it's kind of, and, and I'm not taking shots at Nadrian. Yeah, but he's a kid that just never developed the way they thought he would. Um obviously, you know, I think he's from Shreveport-Evangel or if it's not Shreveport-Evangel, let's say it's a Shreveport school. So he's got the he's got the size, he's athletic, he's physical, but he just clearly never developed the way they thought he would. You're not bringing in a bunch of linebackers. You're only bringing in Justin Wright cuz you thought you were going to have another year with Lamont Bishop. Could they bring in another linebacker? Um I think it's possible. I, I think it's certainly possible that they could bring in another linebacker. But when you look at the youth that they have, uh, and I put it towards the bottom of my story, the returners. So you're you're getting Nick Martin, Xavier Benson back, Nick Martin, who I think I think Nick Martin has a chance. I'm to be excited really good. to see him. Yeah, uh, Do- uh, Donovan Stevens. You've got Jeff Roberson, Gabe Brown, and you're bringing in Justin Wright. So obviously, you're looking at the starters of Xavier Benson and Justin Wright. And you're hoping that Nick Martin continues to develop, same with Donovan Stevens, Roberson. I think Gabe Brown's upside is is really high. Uh, incredibly physical, good football head. I I think linebackers will be okay. I would have to imagine they want to probably bring in another guy now, but then you run the risk of and that's and I think that's what kinda got Oklahoma State in trouble a little bit, having to having to bring in receivers is the transfer portal. The the worries you now have to worry about are, okay. Well, we've got some good young receivers, but we need some experience. We need talented experience. Do bringing does bringing in a one year guy, is that going to jeopardize the redshirt sophomore that we have on campus? So those those are the right. threats. So is going out, and I don't know for sure, but it would go out. Would going out be a threat? Going out and getting a, uh, another linebacker potentially be detrimental to some of these younger linebackers. I don't know. And I'm not saying it is or that it isn't, but it's a question you have to ask.
1: Yeah. So well so we've got let's just run run through the list. Do you have that list pulled up? I do. Yeah. Run through the list of the names of of guys that are starting workouts right now.
0: Yeah, so when you look at the transfers, Alan Bowman, Arlen Bruce, Elijah, and Arlen Bruce, that's a guy we haven't talked about yet, so I want to get to him when I get done going through this list because yeah. that's an immediate impact player right there. Mm-hmm. Um, Alan Bowman from Michigan, quarterback Alan Bruce, slot Wait, receiver. I thought
1: somebody on Twitter said that we had to take a former Oklahoma quarterback in order to get Arlen Bruce, but no. Nope. Okay, move on. Interesting.
0: Elijah Collins running Don't back for Michigan State. Twitter, people. Uh, here's the thing. I'll, t- I'll talk about him in a minute. Uh, Dalton Cooper, offensive lineman, Texas State. Ian Edenfield, uh tight end, California University of Pennsylvania. Uh, Anthony Goodlow, defensive end, Tulsa. Kenneth Harris, cornerback, Arkansas State. I think that kid has a chance of playing this year. I think he'll be good. Uh, Leon Johnson, the third uh, receiver out of George Fox. Justin Kirkland, tackle out of Utah Tech, defensive tackle out of Utah Tech. Noah McKinney, offensive lineman UNLV. Dejan Stribling, receiver Washington State, and Justin Wright, super senior linebacker out of Tulsa. Uh, there are six high school kids here. Offensive line: Jack and Dean, quarterback uh, Zane Floors, punter Hudson Cake, Cac, Cock, whatever. Uh, Amon Oates, defensive tackle. Uh, he's from Neo. Uh, Jacoby Sanders. Uh, offensive lineman, and then Ladarius Webb Jr., defensive back out of Jones College.
1: Another and guy that we think could—he's got—he's got, I, he's I got think a, could get out there. He's a
0: little undersized, but he is incredibly athletic and very yeah. physical. So he'll—he'll he'll need to bulk up a little bit. But he's got NFL pedigree with his dad. Won a his dad won a Super Bowl with Baltimore. So that's a, that's a big one there. Arlen Bruce is a big get for Oklahoma State. He's only going to be a junior this year, so you have at least two years with him. Uh, he's 5'11", 200. And when you look at, this is something we talked about on our radio show last or earlier this week, when you look at how good he is, I've had some people like, well, why, why are you excited about him? When you look at his numbers, he didn't do anything. Okay, well, let's look at a very talented receiver on a non-offensive Big Ten team. And non-offensive in the sense that they don't really move the ball that well, especially through the air. They're a run team. Most Big Ten teams are. But when you have a a Big Ten team that mainly runs the ball and then isn't very offensive to begin with, you want to get out of that system. Arlen Bruce, not taking a shot at Braylon Presley. I think Braylon is going to end up being very good. But when you have a 5'6", 6.5", whatever, 150-pound receiver that is going to be a redshirt freshman – compared to a 5'11", 200-pound slot receiver that has two years of experience at college football, Arlen Bruce is going to make an immediate impact when he shows up. And That's Arlen, a big get.
1: Arlen probably steps immediately into the John Paul. 100%. John Paul's role. 100%. So as, as bad as it was to lose John Paul from a, from a oh, man, we, we shouldn't lose that type of player this guy production wise at least steps right in. Well, and you're not losing should step right and in. you're
0: not losing eligibility. You're not bringing in a senior or redshirt senior. You're going to get at least 2 years out of him like you would have gotten out of John Paul. Now, that is a loss. going to catch nearly everything thrown his way this year aside. Yeah. Uh great leader, he's a sophomore. There aren't many sophomores that are voted team captains by their peers, but this is a direct replacement for John Paul. And, and I think it's I think that's a hell of a pickup. Yeah, I agree. But by all means, let's, And again, I don't want to take shots. I'm not trying to be hateful. But I want to look at this logically. And I'm not even going to use names. I'm just going to use the scenario. And this could apply at any school ever. So I'm not even going to use names. There's a high school kid, high school quarterback. Very good high school quarterback for the school that he's at, the level that he's at. School A evaluates and doesn't feel the desire to extend an offer. They evaluate, they don't like they don't te- technically they don't like what they see. They don't think it can imp- improve their university, so they're not going to offer. School B sees what they like, they're going to offer. Okay, he goes to school B. Doesn't like school B. Didn't care for it, I'm going to leave. So why would it make sense for school A who evaluated it didn't like what they saw at a high school that didn't offer out of high school? why would it make sense for them to once again go after said yep. quarterback because they don't they don't think it can work i don't care if he went to college for a year it just thinking about it logically it doesn't at least for school a it makes zero sense to extend it, especially when you have school a has two young quarterbacks right. it just did, that was, it didn't make sense
1: that was the biggest thing i think if our if our um if in this scenario the hypothetical, hypothetical mm-hmm. scenario we're school a and and this quarterback, we're not going to put names on it, this no, quarterback. Hypothetical, All if fake. if the school had a, a a senior and a junior and nobody in the freshman class, totally different. Sure, maybe but, develop them. But Oklahoma State does have, I'm sorry, School A does Whoops. have does have a redshirt freshman who has started two games and played, three games, and played three, started yeah. three games, uh, and you have a very talented freshman coming in. That if you bring in that quarterback, that the the high school quarterback. They, uh,
0: oh, sorry. I was doing the math. He did. Yeah, he started three. Played yeah, in three. four, started three. No, he didn't play in four. Did he?
1: Yeah. He came in early.
0: Uh, What game was that? It was. Pine yes. So played in four. Yeah. So there you go. But that, it just didn't make that sense. One of those
1: guys who you've invested a lot in. Ups and leaves, mm-hmm. you know, for somebody you, you don't know about. So yeah. and that's, that's why it's not going to Again, work. I, I – I, well, I thought I'm for tr- a while you were talking about Arch Manning, that, uh, <laughs> you know, some people evaluate and don't yeah. like Some He's really good for the school and the level he's at, sure. but to make him the.
0: – All right, anyways. No, but, yeah, it's just – I'm not trying – again, I'm not trying to be hateful uh, because he was a very good high school quarterback. And wherever he winds up, he will be a – I think he could be a good quarterback. You need to develop, but – from an Oklahoma State standpoint, it didn't make any sense because it's the same staff. It, it would also be different if, for whatever reason, it was a completely different offensive staff or completely different quarterback coach and a different OC and a different system yeah, right. and all this. Maybe they would like what they see, but it's the same system. It's the same staff. They didn't like what they saw the first time around. and And that's the other thing. The kid didn't play as a true freshman. Mm. It would. It also be different. Hypothetical. If he, yeah, it also be different if the kid went out there and threw for three thousand yards. and It just right. and looked good, but yeah. he didn't play. So it just to me it didn't make any sense. So, next on the list, move on down.
1: Defensive coordinator. Uh huh. Who do you think? Where do you think? What What direction would Mike Gundy look in to start his search? Do you think? I think. By the way, I want. I did want to say. Uh-huh. I understood. What direction you were coming from whenever you and Robert were trying to figure out the when uh, when when Mike Gundy starts his his coaching yeah, yeah, search yeah. and all that? I was so frustrated. Well, it, it's one of those where I just kind of said I just kind of <laughs> changed my posture in my chair and went, "Y'all have fun."
0: Like, what are we doing, Robert? But, Why are you yelling at me? <laughs> and uh, but, anyways, has he what 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 happened last week? The coach's clinic has a defensive coordinator searched? Did it start before that? No. Are we starting to talk about it now? Yes. Timetable. One Zach, Robert. I'm gonna zero. I'm gonna
1: laugh at you like Robert did. Yeah. Okay. yeah <laughs> good all right. Good God. All right. Question. Uh. Yeah. Defensive coordinator. Which direction? And now that we know sort of some names, I think that what has been what has been thrown out there is all speculation. Mike Gundy is not calling up media members, going, "Hey, what do you think about blah blah blah?" So it's all you know You'd behind to- closed doors and all that. But yeah, which.
0: I think you look at it from a standpoint of what schemes gave Oklahoma State the biggest fits this year. All of them. But, oh, sorry. I when Oklahoma State was doing well when they were healthy, I think when you look at you know what yeah. what fits and what schemes gave Oklahoma State's you know what style of it's yeah. three three five. Yes, it's the same defense. Rush three, drop eight. Absolutely, was killing us. it's the same. It's the same system that he had Jim Knowles implement. And perfect. Uh, it's what Iowa State runs. It's what TCU ran. It's, you know, it's what Kansas State ran. I mean, you, when you look at how good that defensive scheme is, I mean, Mike Gundy, that's what he wanted when he brought in Jim Knowles. That's one of That was one of the main factors when they went out and got Derek Mason. We love our defense right now. We love the schemes. We love how it works. Don't really change it. You can add some stuff too, but we're keeping it here. So I think if you're Mike, I think you – Clearly, look in house first, whether it happens or not. You have to look in house. You look at Joe Bob. I think you look at, uh, you look at Hammer. Uh, I I think that logically, you look in house first and okay, can this work? And, and even, you know what, I think that you, I think Joe Bob would be a great candidate. I think everyone would. I think Mike Gundy does. But if you're Mike, you can't just. It's like anyone. It's like if you're trying to hire for your business. You've got someone really good in-house. You know his strengths. You know their weaknesses. But you're also going to go out and look and see Absolutely. if someone else's strengths and weaknesses can implement and, and make it better. That's what Mike's going to do. He's going to look in-house, and he's going to round up a bunch of candidates, and they're going to be three, three, five. And
1: whenever you go outside the business, whenever right. you go outside your your organization to bring somebody in that's going to be over- people that you have interviewed for that position, it, you have to be able to sell that person. Uh, Derek Mason brings – he has been in the SEC. He has been a head coach in the SEC at Vanderbilt, who, by the way, if you guys like Jason Brooks, <laughs> he's he's yeah. uh, he used to be his coach. That's who yeah. recruited him. So that was somebody that Gundy could easily sell to these guys. Hey, I know I'm not promoting from within here, mm-hmm. But here's who I'm doing it and here's why. Yeah. And I'm sure there was even more discussion than what we're just having. Um, you know, no, it was uh, it was
0: about three minutes long. I bet so. That I was bet it. so.
1: Hey, yeah. quick call and yep, hired. But, you know, this time around, it's the same thing. And if you go back to, you know, kind of the bingo is is Gundy's love for the Iowa State system. And Robert has been talking yeah. all week about this on his radio show. But one thing that I didn't know that Iowa State finished last by record but finished first in defense. Their defense was incredible. You know, and so incredible. trying to trying to go through anybody in that uh, John Haycock protégé, that system, I mean, whether he makes a run at him, I th- I have to think Gundy and Matt Campbell seem to have a very professional relationship. You know, you never see him Tom Herman, screaming at each other. Um, but you think that, golly, you've got to be able to pay better than Iowa State does. You know, down here, yeah. And you call him up and just say, "Coach Campbell, I love you. Love your hats. Love how you bend the bill." But I'm going to call your defensive coordinator and offer him more than you can. Sure. If he says no, no hard feeling. You know, please understand I'm doing this respectfully or whatever. But I, mean, I, I got to do what I got I think do. you got to make a run at him, and if that doesn't work, I I could see, cause some of the guys that have been thrown out there, you know, could you sell that guy? to your room, and let's just go ahead and put the Jim Knowles rumor. Don't believe everything you read on Twitter, especially if it's from certain accounts. Turn
0: off the internet (laughs) and go touch some grass. Yeah. Would I love Jim Knowles to come back? Absolutely. I would think financially, in order to get Jim Knowles to come back, Mike would have to take a pay cut.
1: (laughs) A significant pay cut.
0: Because you would have to, to, at the very least... And I don't even think it's this. You would have to surpass what Ohio State pays Knowles, which I'm pretty sure is 1.9 million a year.
1: You would have to surpass what Ohio State could raise him to if we approached Ohio you State would, with the, you know, if we said, okay, we're going to pay 2.2. You would probably Ohio need State to get probably to, do that.
0: You'd probably need to get to two four, two five, yeah, and and in and order to do that, you would have to you'd have to, Gundy would have to to take a pay cut. Yes. Now. And, is, I, I suppose that literally anything is possible, but I would think it that it's not feasible. Right, that's Zach's opinion. I so, share that opinion. Yeah. I'm with you. So, I'm, but I'm looking forward to the next couple of weeks. Yep. I'm I'm looking forward to the search. Uh, and and here's the thing, I think it'll probably be a while. I'm maybe not an entire month, but Mike takes his time in in searching for candidates and in hiring coaches. So, is a quick hire possible? Sure. But I, I think you're probably looking at a while, yeah, a couple, couple, three. Does weeks it surprise
1: minute. you at all that there hasn't been any movement on the offensive coaching staff?
0: No, I don't think so. I mean, not that, not that I think that anyone needs to be fired or that is going to be or that they don't or they aren't or whatever. But Mike doesn't. Mike hates change. Now, yeah. I I think that if in fact someone were to leave. I don't think that I expected it to be I don't I don't know if I expect any change before signing day if there if there is change at all on either side of the ball yeah and and that's defensive that's defensive as well. I, I think it's a safe bet to say that a coordinator may not be hired until after the February signing period um, and because Mike likes continuity you know, you go back through any of the coaching changes, OC or position coach, and, and that didn't happen in a long time. But uh, DC or OC in the past five or six years, it's typically been after uh, signing days because he hates when someone comes in and tries to disrupt his staff in the middle of the off season or in the middle of the season, and he doesn't inter- he doesn't want to do that to someone else's staff. So he's going to wait until after signing day because if Someone, if you lose a if you lose a a big time coach before the December signing period, you there's very good chance you're going to lose a handful of defensive p- prospects. You know, Kendall Daniels is a great example for A and M. Now, it was only an analyst that ended up going to Miami, but Kendall Dan. And I think it may have been a little bit after, but Ken, they got rid of their analyst, and Kendall's like, "Yeah, this isn't this yeah. isn't what I want, so I'm I'm out." So he probably
1: saw the uniforms they had to wear, and there's oh, a lot of reasons you could yeah, leave A yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, that's true. I probably saw them creepy midnight rally things, or the weird marches. Midnight yells, yeah. Pass. Oh, Jimmy so, all right. Um, I think that's that's just about going to do it. We're think, gonna...
1: I think that's it. Shout out JC Hoyt. Oh, How man. they're doing?
0: Cowgirls. They're yeah. they're rolling. It's a tough loss uh, this past week, but yeah. Iowa State's a good basketball team, and um, I, I think that I, I think before the end of the year, I think there's a a, a really good chance the Cowgirls are ranked. Oh yeah. I think I think yeah, the way you. they're the way they're playing Big Twelve play and it's were just, they just
1: outside this? this I don't last know week?
0: if they were. I don't think they received votes, which kind of blew my mind. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, but they keep okay. they keep playing the way they do. I think they'll I think they'll start receiving some votes and be ranked by the end of the year. But hey, guess what? It's just year one.
1: Just year one. They're baby. gonna
0: they're gonna continue to develop the players they brought in. They're gonna continue to bring in players and and solidify some things. And uh, it's it's I think the future is very bright for Calgary basketball. So that's gonna do it for the PokeSport podcast. We're gonna get out of here. We'll talk to you next time on. OakSport.com.